Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. independent lifestyle desks weekly podcast on love dating and relationships hosted by me rachel hosey assistant lifestyle editor and me olivia petter lifestyle writer each week we're discussing the core dating issues affecting millennials today there are so many podcasts out there on relationships but we didn't think that any was really speaking to our own experiences as two single ladies in our 20s and that's why we decided to launch millennial love this week, we are thrilled to welcome back the wonderful Helen Coffey, the Independence Deputy Travel Editor, who you may remember from the very first episode of Millennial Love. Helen, welcome back. Hi, it's so great to be back. <laughs> the pleasure's ours. This week, with the lovely Helen, we are talking about the Ferrari surrounding Aziz Ansari, um, which I'm sure you've probably heard about. Uh, if not, we'll tell you all about it very shortly. And quite linked to that is the impending launch of a new app that's actually meant to digitalize the process of consent before sex, uh, which is a bit bizarre. So we're going to talk about that. And then we will talk about when it comes to relationships, whether one person is always kind of punching above their weight. So whether that's in terms of looks or career or whatever. There's an imbalance there. So interesting that I can't wait. Yeah, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that because I'm not sure I've never ever really necessarily noticed it. Wow, I really have. Maybe that's because you're always the one that's being punched. <laughs> Is that the right phrase? As in, I'm the one that's so much better. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I should bloody so hope you wouldn't so. notice. <laughs> no, you might God. still notice. Classic me. Anyway. <laughs> We'll get to that. Um, guys, Olivia, what have you been up to this week? Um, so I don't think I've actually mentioned this yet. I'm doing Veganuary for an article. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, which means that I have basically been dreaming about cheese for like three weeks. Well, in December, Olivia was like, turned to me and goes, hey, I've got an idea. Do you want to do Veganuary with me? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping you would come on board. I feel like I really need your support through this because I'm having dreams about halloumi most oh. evenings, especially when I'm hungover. It's so oh, hard. Hungover halloumi's the one. When you're hungover, like there's nothing you can eat as a vegan that's not Are too bad to for you. Are you sticking to vegan alcohol? Because um, wine generally is not vegan. Yeah, see, I, I found that out was shocked. Yeah, so I've made mm. a few slip-ups. So I didn't realise that was a thing. So I've had red wine. Apparently that's not entirely vegan. I've also had honey. <gasps> in a salad. No, 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 no. In a salad dressing. In a salad I mean, dressing. It doesn't matter how you eat it. I know. Okay, whatever. Also, when I, did, when I did my first like vegan food shop at Whole Foods, feeling so virtuous, I bought all this stuff back and I was unpacking it and I realised I'd bought goat's milk yogurt. <laughs> and in my mind, in the shop, that was vegan because it was like a healthy milk alternative. Obviously, it's not vegan because <laughs> it's with not goat. Not quite, but you know, none of us are perfect. No. You're, you're doing better than the rest of us. I mean, us. it even had a picture of a goat on the, on the packaging. Yeah, I mean, you clearly were not thinking. <laughs> no. 
but fun. But fun, yeah. You're doing it, so yeah. that's good. How, How about, about you? you? Thank you, Helen. Thank you. Me, um, mm. I went to a distinctly non-vegan bottomless brunch at the weekend, which was incredibly fun. It was at this place called Rascals in Shoreditch, and it's the most millennial thing I've ever seen. Like, the walls are all our favourite colour of millennial pink. There's, like, neon words written, like, in you know, on the wall, like, all lit up. And then they serve you. It's bottomless um, Bucks Fizz and espresso martinis and lots of food. And then these drag queens come out, and it was absolutely fabulous. Um, I didn't mean to actually quote like Ab Fab and call it absolutely fabulous. <laughs> I just mean genuinely. But it was quite funny because I was with a friend who was doing Veganuary and they were very accommodating. But I felt a bit bad for her because like when the puddings came out, I had this like epic chocolate brownie and she had a plate of strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would have liked the strawberries with the brownie, to be honest. But um, still. Still, she gets to feel better than you. That is the... Yeah, the upside of doing veganuary. Possibly. Fortunately, uh, we were told all the alcohol there was vegan friendly. Excellent. Mm. So that didn't stop us having a, a very merry old time. You been doing anything fun, Helen? Well, I feel like I'm going to combine the two of your things. So I went to brunch. Love I brunch. combined it with a walk with my friends because we think now you know it's january we've completely changed our lives yeah, so course, yeah. we had a gentle stroll around the park for an hour and we were like we're so amazing <laughs> we've done so well here yeah you're like you can't touch me i'm so healthy mm. look at my abs i mean no i know no i do that too <laughs> i don't even know whether i eat healthily for like one day <laughs> or i do like 10 sit-ups and i'm like but where are my abs why don't i have abs yet this is the question i know Apparently, it's you have to be like dedicated to a healthy lifestyle for like ever, and then <laughs> then you might have abs, but whatever. Abs are overrated. Yes, they are. Halloumi is not. Preach, mm. girl, preach. <laughs> Shall we do bio of the week? Yeah. Okay, so this is one that I found on my search. His name is James. He's twenty-seven. Um, so the first part is like. I'd say you know six out of ten. It's the last line again. That again really with the disclaimer. Gets it. Just because well, I just I just don't want to start and you'll be like, this is rubbish. All right. Okay. okay. Right here we go. Originally from Dublin, love to travel, go out and binge watch TV shows. Think I hit all the generic basic bitch lines. Gentleman on the streets, still quite polite between the sheets. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I quite like that. Yeah, he sounds lovely. Yeah, I really like that last line. I also think it's possibly no better time to be, you know, still quite polite between the sheets. Actually, well, quite well, sure. <laughs> exactly. Particularly know. given our talking points this week. Well, yes, mm. he would do very well. You know, it's important to be polite mm -hmm. in all in all aspects of life. I On think. the streets and in the sheets. Yeah. Well, quite exactly. I think the rest of his bio is just like, yeah, fine. Like, you know, but you'd swipe mm. right for that line, wouldn't you? I mean, I don't think I did. <gasps> I know. I want you, one of you to go out with him. Well, this I'll, is so cruel. I'll keep swiping through Bumble and maybe I'll find him and I'll swipe right. Okay. I'll keep you posted. Thank you. <laughs> so that bio is quite linked to what we are going to discuss today. Day, which is this big saga around Aziz Ansari. Now, if you don't know about this, allow me to fill you in. An anonymous woman um, known as Grace shared this story in a piece for a website called Babe.com, um, which is obviously not a very well-known you know, news website, uh, about a date she went on with the actor and comedian Aziz Ansari, and he's known for his roles in Parks and Recreation and Master of None. So she told this story about how they met at the 2017 Emmy Awards after party, which was last September. 
They exchanged numbers, messaged for a bit, and then he asked her out on a date about a week later. They went out for dinner, and according to her, he like abruptly suggested they leave when they get the bill, and she hadn't even finished her drink. So they go back to his and start making out and kissing, and that this is when she starts talking about how she says the situation escalated too quickly. Uh, she makes it sound like he was being very pushy and forward, and they were snogging, but he was pressuring her into doing more things. He apparently starts undressing himself and herself. She says she was, you know, giving these nonverbal signals that she wasn't into it. Into it. Um, but she talks about how uncomfortable she was, but he kept, you know, forcing herself on her, apparently. Eventually, she goes home in an Uber. He messages the next day saying, I had a fun time. And she replies saying she did not have a fun time and that he ignored clear nonverbal cues and kept going with the advances. Now, it is a really, really interesting talking point that has divided people. Um, what do you guys think? Um, this whole thing has made me really worried, actually. Um, I don't know if you guys will agree. The sort of backlash of against Aziz for that story, which A, is from someone anonymous. We don't know who she is. B, I mean, if you actually read the article, very badly written. Sorry, mm. babe.com. But um, just not well put together. Making kind of insinuations about... Oh, she does. She likes white wine, but he gave her red wine as if he somehow was already manipulating her, mm -hmm. which is just mental. Um, and I, I've heard it now called a lot of times sexual assault, which, oh, I'm really not comfortable with that. I feel like what is upsetting to me is we got to this place in kind of the Me Too movement where mm. people are just conflating rape with I had a negative sexual experience or a bad date or you know I'm not saying for a second I think that he was particularly polite between mm. the sheets no. <laughs> um, and he's no James <laughs> he's no James at all but where you know where was the woman's agency in this where was her voice I think that as much as we need to tackle a culture of men you know thinking of women as just sexual objects we need to actually think about what are we teaching women you know, about our bodies and that, mm. you know what, if you don't want to go home with him, don't go home with him. Mm -hmm. If you start something and you're like, no, just say no and leave. Obviously, in some situations, yeah, they might get aggressive and that's a completely different situation. But in that story, there doesn't seem any point where he was like, no, you have to stay and I'm forcing myself on you. No, I agree. I think it's almost lazy to conflate this story with a Me Too kind of issue because... It's just, it's just not, and not only does that kind of trivialise the severity of the incidents that are that are under that umbrella, which are sexual assault and you know rape, it it kind of it dilutes those those circumstances and those stories from women who like you know Rose McGowan, like the women who have allegedly been raped by Harvey Weinstein, and I just think given the timing of this story, and even though. Grace and Babe, they say that it wasn't necessarily non-consensual sex. The way it's written... I don't know if they actually had sex. Did, I don't think they did. No, they didn't. No, no they you're did right, they stuff. didn't. But, like, you know, the non-consensual... Yeah. Non-consensual sexual acts, I suppose yeah. you could say. Um, they don't say that it's non-consensual. And I think you're right, the issue is more of a wider problem that Grace, which is obviously a pseudonym, felt 
kind of paralyzed in that situation that she couldn't properly vocalize mm. her the way that she was feeling and how uncomfortable she was. And that's nothing to do with necessarily her as an individual, but more the kind of wider way that I think women are almost kind of governed by society to deal with male ego and male sexual power. And obviously someone like Aziz Ansari is a very powerful Hollywood man. So perhaps in that circumstance, she felt even more kind of passive and silenced, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, it's really difficult because no one was there. No one really knows. He's actually released this statement afterwards saying... It was true that everything did seem okay to me. So when I heard that it was not the case for her, I was surprised and concerned. I took her words to heart and responded privately after taking the time to process what she had said. I continue to support the movement that is happening in our culture. It is necessary and long overdue. The thing is, he obviously is famous and, you know, that can be more intimidating. Um, I just, from the way it's hard to... It's hard to imagine that if she wasn't at least kissing him back, like often when you're getting intimate with someone, snogging, whatever, one person does take the lead more. But if she wasn't kissing back, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if he, from, from what it sounds like anyway, if he, you know, carried on trying to progress the situation. But... Obviously, she, she might have just felt uncomfortable and like she couldn't say, no, I don't want to do this. It's also incredibly difficult, I think, to make a judgment based on one person's point of view when it yeah. comes to sex, because obviously the experience itself can it can be very different for two people. It's just it's just a reality, particularly when there are already those kind of power dynamics in place of this famous man and this unknown woman. I think, you know, intrinsically in that situation, she was always going to feel like he was going to be at a kind of higher level of authority mm. in that scenario, regardless of what and he did. And it was did. at his place as well. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know. It's. I think it's been really, it's been really eye-opening the way that, you know, women online, you know, I've seen so many people on Twitter going, people are saying if that's sexual assault then everyone I know has been sexually assaulted well you're finally getting it and I was like I just don't agree with that it's happened it has happened to me it's happened to pretty much every woman I know being in a sexual situation mm, yeah. where you feel uncomfortable I don't it's not to me it's not assault unless you said no I don't I don't really want this and things they carry on which I mean does happen for for lots of people and it's horrible but if you say no and they say oh sorry back off you know mm. how is how is that assault because people aren't mind readers you know when she said non-verbal cues I thought you know not to over generalize but women can be a lot more intuitive about body language totally. and what's going on so many men I know are completely oblivious unless oh, you yeah. spell it out yeah. in giant letters mm. what you what you're thinking and feeling. Particularly like a, an egotistical man, <laughs> exactly you know? in the throes of passion. Yeah, exactly. I think the important thing, the crucial thing, I think to take away from this story and the way people have responded to it, particularly in light of something like Cat Person, which was also you know obviously they're very different and Cat Person was fiction, but that was about a kind of uncomfortable, awkward sexual encounter as told by a female voice. I think the important thing to take away is that we need 
more of these kind of stories and more of an awareness of this kind of female perspective when it comes to problematic sexual encounters for you know whatever scale i just think it's something that isn't really given enough attention in popular culture or in the media and we need to talk about it more to get a better understanding of those kind of multifaceted power dynamics in the bedroom between men and women and how it's how it can make people feel uncomfortable or make people misconstrue or or not necessarily misconstrue misconstrue consensual sex as non-consensual on any kind of scale and it's so complex women also we shouldn't be made to feel like you know we owe men or if it is with a man that you're with anything like but we because i think we need to when i was reading that story i just wanted to i wish i could have sort of i wanted to shake the woman and would be like there was nothing stopping you just getting up and leaving yeah it sounds like over the course of the night there were like various lulls where he was like oh, okay let's just go chill on the sofa for a bit it wasn't like they were literally in the throes of passion the whole time i feel like i get that you know you're unsure of yourself and you don't know where to stay whether to go what to do but if she felt really uncomfortable she could have just left mm. Mm. i feel like what i read between the lines is that and this often happens in female male dynamic in the bedroom she was looking for some kind of affection and tenderness yeah didn't voice it didn't know how to voice it but kept hoping that might somehow happen yeah. out of the situation it was never going to because this you know all of the backstory means she wasn't going to get what she was looking for out of that encounter mm. but i think it sounds like she was staying because part of her wanted that but did not know how to get it it's interesting as well because we talk about consent and we talk about consent for sex, but we don't talk about consent for actually all the little bits before mm. the sex. And I think, you know, in I would argue that other parts are more intimate than definitely the actual penis in the vagina. Just in case anyone just wasn't case sure. Anyone wasn't sure how it happens. <laughs> the birds and the bees, you got you covered. That's what goes down. To our younger listeners, you're welcome. <laughs> just for that education. Um, but yeah, this is why the issue of consent, I think, is so interesting. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And... This brings us on to this app we want to talk about called Legal Fling. Now, this is not the first of its kind, but it's due to be released in February. Um, and it's got a lot of people talking this week. It is an app that, in its own words, 
allows you to request consent from any of your contacts because sex should be fun and safe. And it includes sexual preferences, including your do's and don'ts. So you can specify whether you want to give approval for photos and videos to be made, condoms to be used, STD-free guarantee, explicit language use, and BDSM. So here's an interesting one. <laughs> thoughts, initial thoughts. It's just bizarre, isn't it? It's so weird. Why does anyone... like? First of all, who thought I've, I have many issues with this. But first of all, who thought this was a good idea? Because who thought that this was actually going to do anything that was helpful? Because first of all, it's not even legally binding in the UK. I was reading an article on Vice about a um, consent lawyer, and she said that you know there is nothing about this that would stand up in court. It's kind of in in the line with if you see two people ki kissing in a rape case, that would kind of equate with them saying yes to each other on an app like it's essentially completely defunct like there is no way that this validates that consent process in legal terms it's just impossible yeah and the founder even admitted that in the uk and the us it's not legally binding so the name is you know duplicitous misleading yeah. yes it? Mm -hmm. but most importantly it just i mean it just blows my mind in so many ways <laughs> but i think in, crucially it's it reduces the idea of consent, which is very much an emotional and an intimate thing between two people to a kind of binary transaction on your phone. And that's just, I don't think that's something that we should even try to digitalize because of all the emotion that's bound up in that kind of conversation and the intuition that is typically like surrounds consent. I think there are so many issues. Firstly, can you imagine being in that like, you know, heated moment with someone where you're getting towards the sex thing and then sort of just pausing and being like, hold up, let me just send you a like a request for consent. And can you fill in what you want to do and what you don't want to do and what you feel okay with? Talk about buzzkill. Yeah, but I don't think that's even when they do it. I think the idea is you do it before you have that like, Date set to have sex. Exactly, exactly. How can you know? And what if you change your mind? Well, that's my other thing. Um, you could start like making out with someone and think you want to do something, and maybe you've already, you know, done the consent thing, um, and then you change your mind. Secondly, it's done with your fingerprint. So, if someone's like passed out, someone could quite feasibly use their fingerprint to do the consenty thing when they didn't mean it, and then that's putting them in a very dangerous situation. Ooh, that's all getting a bit Black Mirror, well, to be honest. Right. Like, that well, that was my main... Actually, well, I didn't specifically think of that, and that's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> but my main thing with it was that it potentially has this kind of really dark side of, you know, a rape case going to court, and someone say, look, she consented, I've got it on my phone. Now, as much as it doesn't stand up in court, I think it would add to a pile of evidence that's yeah, already tilted would. towards being in favour of the guy. Like, well, she wore a short skirt, she was flirting with me, she consented on an app, you know. Yeah. And I can really see it being twisted that way. I know mm. it's supposed to be making things safer, but really, as we were saying, I mean, you can take back consent at any time up to the act and then during the act there's no time when you can't say you know what no yeah so it seems really superfluous like it com it's completely redundant 
I think that sort of taking back consent thing is something that a lot of women struggle with, though, because mm. you sort of, um, and this was an issue that was raised in Cat Person, you might decide decide you want sex, and if you change your mind, so that puts you in a difficult position because you get really worried that then whoever you're with is going to be really pissed off and angry and be like, but you you said you wanted to five minutes ago. And, like, that's not really fair. Why would you say that and then change your mind? And, like, I think it's actually a busted song about this, which is, like, surprisingly dark. Um, it, it goes, it happens every time you're giving me the sign. We start to get it on, but then you stop me. You know, I've had it up to here. You need to be more clear. Something, something, something. I don't remember the words. But, yeah, that's pretty dark. Aside, busted. aside wow, from the busted. point, busted lyrics are actually incredibly sexist and misogynistic. But that's besides from the point. Sorry, Rachel. I Sorry. Mean, what I, what I go though. to school for, they're like, I see her in her underwear. I can't help but stop and stare. Oh, well, they and go and stalk their teacher at her yeah. house. Yeah. And I watch mean, her while she gets undressed. It's perverted. But anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Besides the, the point. Still love busted. Yeah. I think it's. I think I think the creators of this app sort of had their hearts and heads in the right place. They wanted to do something good and, you know, raising awareness of how important consent is, is a good thing. Yeah, sure. but I think limiting it by constraining it to an app, you are constraining it almost to like a time period before you do anything. And I think, Helen, you're right. It's important to clarify that consent can be discussed or taken back at any point during the sexual encounter that you're having. It's completely dependent on the individual. And I think to put any sort of limitation on that is silencing someone who may feel uncomfortable or like they want to take it, take their decision back, which is totally fine. Preach. You might end up having a dating disaster. <laughs> Guess what it's time for now, guys. <laughs> it's a dating disasters. Of the week. Of the week. <laughs> Yay. All right, so thank you so much for sending this story in. It is a cracker, and um, it's uh, it's a very interesting one, this, actually, and you'll see why once I finish. Here goes. It happened in my second year of university. I'd noticed a guy who lived in my block quite a bit and decided to pursue something post-hour match on Tinder. We got talking, and he seemed sweet. The classic assumption before every first date. But said first date was nothing short of tragically awkward. There was nothing wrong with the guy. He was a tad shy, maybe. But we just didn't click. It felt like an interview where every question and answer was so perfectly posed, followed by a polite, nervous laugh. It was exhausting. But after a perfectly pleasant stroll in the park, we went back to my house. We were, ironically, sat on the love seat in my living room, and the gap between us was incredibly electric, as if there were a live current between us. But not at all in a good way. Sort of like... I'm going to die a brief but violent death if I touch that kind of vibe. I think deciding that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, was the film choice for us to watch was also quite an accurate representation of the date. Why I decided to go with that bloodbath of a movie, I will never know. With it being a student house, the indoor temperature was obviously close to Baltic, so I decided to put on my dressing gown, at the time thinking this was completely fine. That perhaps had given off the please-can-you-go-home-now vibes a little too strongly, as my housemates kindly pointed out to me after he'd left. Oops. Furthermore, choosing to eat fish and chips as our romantic meal also quite easily sums up the amount of romance on the date, too. Stale, and something you quickly regret having had. 
As an aside, I never regret fish and chips. Right. Let me go on. <laughs> he left swiftly after some clearly not subtle yawning from me, and I can't remember if I even got a hug goodbye. At least the film was good. Oh, wait, it wasn't. I just got nightmares from that as well as the date itself. The end. <laughs> now, I find this um, a really good disaster date because there's nothing in it that makes you go, oh my God, that one thing was an absolute nightmare. It's sort of just everything mm. that makes it a bit disastrous, like in a really low-key way. Low-key disastrous. Low-key, yeah. but probably very common. I think it's quite the bit where she puts her dressing gown on yeah. kills me. Yeah. That is, do you know what? It just took me back because that's <laughs> such a university date, in inverted commas, because now, you know, as a working person in London who's now 30, I mean, that's just not, it's not a date. That's <laughs> yeah. hanging out at someone's house and putting your dressing gown on. Well, that's the thing. I don't know when, you know, it transitioned from or you'd sort of just hung out with boys and got together till you started dating i think it was my final year of uni i started properly dating before it was murky water Ugh, i still mm-hmm. don't think i'm properly dating i think those lines are still really blurred you're still young you oh, shut up, you'll rachel. get there olivia <laughs> <laughs> to clarify i am two years younger than rachel two yes i mean is it two yeah no, yeah it's two um <laughs> well you it know it feels like more sometimes i'm very wise <laughs> very wise here um but thank you for sending the story in. We loved it and it's very relatable, which we always enjoy. So let's move on to our final topic of today, which is, is one person always punching in a relationship? Now, I find this super interesting because I kind of think it's true. When I say punching, I mean punching above their weight. I have discussed this with my friends before and I feel like it is incredibly common or at least more common to see couples where arguably your beauty isn't the eye of the beholder I will accept but arguably the woman is more attractive than the man and I feel like you see that I'm talking about heterosexual couples here obviously if you see I feel like it's rare to see couples where the man is subjectively more attractive than the woman I disagree. I have definitely seen many couples where the man is more attractive but than the more? woman. Maybe not more, but the same. The same. Really? Yeah, often it's with, um, well, I don't know, I used to work at a catering company and there are a lot of models that worked there. And often the male models would be super good looking and sometimes their girlfriends would come and pick them up from the shifts and they would They'd just... be really average. They were just average looking girls. They How does not... an average looking girl like me get a male model? <laughs> <laughs> Asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Asking for a friend. I don't know, I just think the whole idea that like attractive people like attractive people isn't necessarily some th- always true. But then I don't think the punching thing is limited to the woman being the more attractive one. But then... You have to remember, it is much easier for a woman to make herself look more attractive than a man. That's, That's true. true. You know, when you think about makeup and clothes and accentuating your body parts. How you do guys, you Yeah, guys can't do that. So maybe that's why people often think that the woman is the more attractive one. That's true. But I also think it is, it's funny, the sort of idea of punching. I really think that, like, there's a power dynamic in it that is not really about what you look like. It's about who holds the power and thinks they have the upper hand, mm. i.e. who thinks they're more ungettable. And there's a lot of guys that are totally average-looking that think, I'm amazing, and we sort of buy into that attitude. Mm. Like, I definitely have done that with guys. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's so great. <laughs> and, like, when 
we obviously inevitably broke up, my friends would be like, he was really super average looking and horrible. (laughs) You were just in the weird place of he'd convince you that he was amazing. I think that also is to do with how much you like someone because I think regardless of what someone looks like, you're kind of blinded when you first fancy someone and you always think, well, I mean, at least I do, you always think that they're kind of out of your league regardless of what they look like and often I've I've said that to girlfriends and they've been like are you kidding he's so average looking and you think he's like this dream guy like why are you still obsessing over him I just I I don't know I've really been discussing this with one of my friends recently um and we were saying that we think there is always one person who you know has the power because the other person maybe thinks they're less attractive um but my friend said to me, we were sort of discussing this about boys and going, oh, but I don't know if I fancy him enough, blah, blah, blah. But he really fancies me. And she was saying, but actually, I think I prefer to be the more attractive one in a relationship. I and don't see. I don't know. Because I think having someone being with someone that thinks that you're so much more attractive than them. It's a bit of a, I don't know, it's quite unattractive as a quality, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's isn't the it? thing. Then they lack it? confidence. Don't want to be sort of worshipped for being some beautiful goddess. Yeah, but not to the point. Yeah, I do want to be worshipped like but a you goddess, have Helen. To fancy but them I don't. Back. Yeah, yeah, but I don't yeah. want. I don't want them to have like an insecurity about worshipping me like a goddess. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't that want them to true. think, oh, you're so much better than I am. I'm so poor and feeble, and but you're so amazing. Like that's horrible. Yeah. But you also don't want to be with someone too pretty. True. Because, like, whenever I've dated guys, I'm like, you're already good looking. I just feel, I just, yeah, I'm like, I hate this. (laughs) I really hate this. Some of my friends say it just, like, dating someone who's really (laughs) hot, it just makes them feel insecure, paranoid, like, unworthy. And that can't be fun. No. it's For me, it's if they've got a really good body because... I mean, I don't mind my face, but I know I could work on some some things. But if you like... You look beautiful. I was just fishing. That's all (laughs) (laughs) But no, like I remember dating this guy once who had like, I mean, just an amazing body. He was proper gym bunny. And I just thought, oh, I like this is literally making me feel the worst about myself I've ever felt. It's not, and it's not anything he was doing. It was just by existing. Yeah. His sort of chiseled abs. I thought, no, this isn't the person for me. It's hard because I feel like you want to date someone that you kind of feel like a bit proud and smug, like when you're walking around, like holding hands or whatever, just be like, yeah, I got this guy. (laughs) True, but I think attraction is obviously such a personal thing. And I know that for me, looks, as I'm sure is the same with you guys, often really has very little to do with it. Like it might initially Mm. attract you to someone, but fundamentally, whether someone is, you know, aesthetically a 10 out of 10 or a six out of 10, there's so many more qualities like personality qualities that I find attractive, but you have to fancy someone. Yeah, but there are. Thi- but I'm saying the pre- the main things that make me fancy someone are, are not really to do with looks. Like, okay, tall may- might be the one thing that I'm like need to be tall. But aside from that, like a sense of humor, intelligence, charm, those things make course, me attracted to someone. That's the thing. That's the thing. You just need to fancy them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's whether you fancy them for whatever. Like, you know, if they have this amazing personality it can't like you can still find that so hot and so like oh my god want to jump you right now because you're so fun yeah but and maybe that's why i don't know do you think there's um sometimes an imbalance in who is subjectively more attractive because oh, do you know what, do you know i hate it when it's like oh oh she's really fun that like yeah. to be like oh she's so funny 
that's to yeah, like it's definitely make a negative for, for men. I know. Whereas if I, if you said to me, "Oh, he's so fun," I wouldn't think, "Oh, you don't fancy him." I think he sounds great. Yeah, exactly. And they do say, you know, like what do they say? Like a guy can like laugh a girl into her pants or something. Laugh a girl into bed. Oh yeah, that's it. Laugh <laughs> a um, girl into her pants. I mean, I don't really know what I was that going. Sounds there so with predatory. That. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't really know what that means, but that's <laughs> it. Like if someone's funny. Sometimes it can just it can just get you. Yeah, I think. Can so. I just point out that I, in case he's listening, my boyfriend and I are completely on the same level, and mm-hmm. no one is punching. No, 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 no. I've I've met Ollie. You know, I see you're both fantastic human beings in every sense of the word. <laughs> I literally Why are you laughing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a joke, guys. I know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know if one person is always more attractive than the other or not, and I don't know which position it's best to be in i feel like obviously ideally everyone would just feel equal but i don't know if that actually happens certainly from my own experience it's hard to tell from my own experience i'm just trying to think about guys i've dated like whether i thought i was punching or they were punching i I have like a couple of guys in mind who i've dated where i felt like yeah we're pretty even Mm. um but you know i have also had cases where i have felt like maybe on like an aesthetic, not that I think I'm like gorgeous, but I if, I always find with me if I'm out with them and I find myself thinking like checking out other hot guys in the bar or something, mm. then I feel like oh, I'm not into this guy as enough. And I've said that before, but I feel like that's often how you don't really want to feel. Yeah. No, you definitely don't want to be checking out other guys because oh, your date's rubbish. Too much. <laughs> oh, God. Always scouting. That's a bad sign, Rachel. <laughs> okay, good. I'm going <laughs> to learn from this. <laughs> Sadly, that's all we've got time for today, ladies. What a great chat it's been. We've had light. We've had shade. We've had seriousness. We've had joy. We've had fun. We've had seasons in the sun. I hoped you were going <laughs> to say that. I'm so pleased. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. I think I'm really revealing a lot about my music tastes um, <laughs> in this episode, <laughs> which are top draw. Mm as you can tell. But thank you so much for listening, everyone. Please do subscribe to Millennial Love. Please give us a nice little five-star rating and a review on iTunes if you have a second. I realise there's not much in that for you, but it uh, is very nice for us. Um, And it helps other people discover the podcast. And if you have a dating disaster story, please keep them coming. We love hearing about them. Um, You can email them to us uh, via millennial.love at independent.co.uk or you can tweet us at Rachel underscore Hosey or Olivia Petter one and all stories will be kept anonymous. Thank you so much for joining us, Helen. It's been a real pleasure, guys. It's been so much fun. And thank you again for listening, everyone. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.